We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. A lot of traction on this stuff. Everybody wants a piece of Pete, man. It's unreal. Just the other day, I check my email. Amazon is up in my inbox asking me if I will be the voice for a new fantasy text-to-voice automation service for their Alexa service. Of course I said yes. Check it out. I think you guys are going to love it. Alexa, talk to Peter Overzet. This is Peter Overzet. Thanks for using Pete's Picks the world's first ever fantasy automation service. Feel free to ask me anything about fantasy football that your heart desires. So, what do you want to know? Okay, cool. How many yards do you project Kyler Murray to rush for this year? Oh, geez. Um, I'm not much of a stats guy. I guess I'd say a lot. Any other questions? You're not much of a stats guy? I thought that was the whole point. Okay, uh, who do you like better this year for season long? David Montgomery or Miles Sanders? Colonel Harlan David Sanders, best known for founding fast food chicken restaurant chain Kentucky Fried Chicken. Dude, I said Miles Sanders, not Colonel Sanders. This is truly a worthless service. (sighs) Who is the best week one DFS value on the main slate? Mind if I ask you a question? Are you kidding me? Are you happy? Dude, this is insane. I'm not having this conversation with a robot. I just wanted to talk fantasy. 
the problem is not suffering itself or oblivion itself, but the depraved meaningless of these things, the absolute inhuman nihilism of suffering. Did I seriously just pay $19 for a broken, film-grinding, nihilistic fantasy robot? Is that a question for me? Shut the hell up, Peter! What is going on, Rotogrinders? Dean here at Dean 7904. If you want to get all technical, I'll be at us 501 on the East Coast, 201 on the West Coast, 401 Tennessee time, which of course, but it's time for the flagship show here at Rotogrinders. It's called it's called Grinders Live. It's sponsored by Fantasy Draft. And joining today, it's a three-man booth. Let's start off with the appetizer. Yesterday's news. It's a Pepsi, it's Pepsi 7. Let's go on, Pepsi. Wow, that's awful nice, Dean. I appreciate the introduction. Uh, I'm doing well. Thank you very much. But I, I guess I might as well hand it over to the man making his debut here, John. Yeah, making my rookie debut. It's great to be for Rotor Grinders for a few years now. I figured it was time to do a show, so here I am. Uh, tell the people, uh, you know, if they're not aware of your existence, your Squirrel Patrol, they may know you from such things as uh, winning all sorts of GPPs. How many, how many live finals are we at right now? Give us a humble brag. How many appearances? 21 total seats, and my first one was just last year. It was the FanDuel uh, Baseball Final, which I won. So that was my first one ever. I took it down, 
been 21 seats since then. Um, so yeah, and I, I just handed the title over last uh, last week, San Diego. It's, do they actually do that? Is that like the Masters with the jacket? You don't, you actually hand it over? <laughs> no, but they should. That would be fun. Uh, except for the one, except for the guy giving it away, which would have been me. So. <laughs> I'm not going to name names, and I'm not going to say who else amongst us has won a live final, but I'll just say two of the three of us have won live finals. Um, you know, that two out of three ain't bad. I mean, Pepsi, we, it's not – I don't want to make name names or embarrass anybody, but, you know, that's, that's pretty solid, correct? I would say so. Even Meatloaf said it, and uh, Meatloaf can't be wrong. Well, <laughs> we're going to trigger the chat once again as far as a whole Meatloaf conversation, and they're going to start talking about food. It's going to be a it's gonna be a whole deal. We don't – we had time for some sort of shenanigans, I suppose, because it's an 11-game slate, not full out there. Uh, a really fun one, I, I think. Uh, and Squirrel Patrol, just, just a, I guess we'll call you John, right? Squirrel Patrol's not – and I keep thinking of that Snow Patrol. I don't <laughs> Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol. Yeah, I get so much Paw Patrol right now. I've got a three-year-old, so it's just constant. <laughs> what, how does Pepsi know Paw Patrol? Uh, what, what is the uh, – what's the origin? Get people the uh, – you know, we all have a terrible screen name. Well, Pepsi's okay, I suppose. Do we have an interesting story or anecdote here as far as why we went with Scroll Patrol? No, it's just a, it was a nickname that my wife called our dogs. We got two big dogs, and they're just constantly chasing after squirrels, and so they would misbehave, and she'd be like, "All right, Scroll Patrol, calm down." So I was signing up, you know, signing up for uh, DFS sites, and never thought it would be big. Never thought anyone would ever know that you know the nickname. Went with Scroll Patrol, and years later, here here we are. It works. I like it. Um, and I think we all kind of regret our screen names. Mine's from like my college email or something like that. It's not terribly catchy, obviously. Uh, but it is precise as far. Yeah, 7903 was taken, of course. That's what happened there. Um, all right. 11 games slate. John, let's start with you. And you play mostly predominantly tournaments. You play cash games at all or just basically all GPPs? Pretty much just GPPs. I mean, I, you know, I always try to get into cash games. Never works out as well as the tournaments for me, so. Yeah, so how are we attacking this slate? Of course, we have cores. Uh, you know, we got Scherzer and Cole at the top as far as the elite pitchers. And, you know, taking a peek at our ownership projections, obviously they get more and more precise the closer and closer we get the lock. And, you know, I, I, I feel like the ownership is going to fall back a little bit on Scherzer. He's projected at 24%. Cole's projected at 23%. Again, not precise. There's tinkering going down. Jamino and his team are all over it. Um, we don't know. We're just kind of guessing as far as Scherzer and how many – uh, how many innings? He's, I guess pitch count. Like what he so he threw seventy one last time out. Traditionally, these guys step up like fifteen pitches or so. But Scherzer's not your traditional pitcher. It, it's it's hard enough to get the you know, wrestle the ball out of uh, Scherzer's hands for sure. He doesn't want to come out of the game. How many pitches do we need? How much are we prioritizing? And for tournaments, how ambitious are you as far as grabbing Scherzer? Because the difference in price between Scherzer and Cole is not that much. So what do we yeah. do here? So, I mean, I'm, I might exclude Scherzer almost entirely just because the pitch count is so uncertain. It's true. It's, it's a great matchup, but yeah, we just don't know. And there's, you know, there's another, there's other good pitchers out there. Uh, and it's, especially in the middle tier, uh, there's a kind of a, a mix and match you can do of affordable pitchers. It'll get you the big bats there in cores uh, and, you know, some of the other uh, expensive hitters out there. So. Yeah, that's uh, you know, if uh, if Cole wasn't pitching tonight, though, we would be playing some Scherzer, right? I think we would. Most likely, it's just tough. It's the uncertainty with the pitch count. But I think if you're max entering 158, I'll have some Scherzer, but it'll be a fraction of my Cole, and it'll be a fraction of the other mid-tier pitchers that I'm looking at. Pepsi, what say you? Are you in agreement as far as his thought, as far as Max? Like, of course, he can go. You know, I suppose he can go seven innings through 85, 90 pitches and strike out 10. 
you know, Orioles, you know, spoiler alert, they're terrible. Of course, they lose their, their DH as well. Um, but, you know, how many lineups do you have to make to consider Max? And, again, we, we're just speculating as far as the pitch count, but I think 85 to 90 sounds reasonable. And, like, he can get the job done. What, what, what are we doing here? Yeah, I'm with John here, pretty much uh, fading him entirely. I think I'd have to be 50-plus, maybe more lineups in, and I'm obviously not playing that many in GPPs tonight to get to Mad Max today for the reasons we mentioned. You know, we don't know where the pitch count is. If Washington gets way up, it's possible he goes five innings and throws 83 pitches, you know. Uh, as you mentioned, he only threw 71 last time. So I, I'm thinking 85 is probably where he's going to end up. Probably if he's Obviously, he's in the middle of the inning. He could go a little further than that. But, uh, you know, you're, you're almost paying full price for a guy that doesn't have a full leash right now. And I'm just not interested. I would much rather go up to a guy like Cole if I'm going to pay that price and uh, and get me a guy who we know should go seven and strike out ten. Of course, Scherzer could do it if everything falls into place. But that's, that's hard to do, seven innings, 10Ks, when you're throwing 80-some pitches. So it's more than likely we see him go five or six innings, and the, and the Nationals play it safe with him. Yeah, and there was a blurb from uh, from Roto World. This is like uh, four or five days ago or so. Somebody was talking about a quote where he, he said he's not totally out of the weeds. I don't know if you saw that quote or caught that quote. Yeah. I think it's even on DK as well as far as our player profiles. Um, I don't know. Maybe he's out of the weeds now. And uh, Cards actually mentioned this in his article today. He was talking about how Washington, they're, they're three games up right now currently in the wild card as far as the first wild card. So I guess uh, they're five games up on the wild card on, uh, on Philly, six games up on the Mets. Like maybe, John, maybe they, they should be thinking long game and, and it's not necessary to push them. And, of course, they're facing Baltimore and the score could be 6 nothing in the sixth inning. And, like, why keep them out there? I don't know. Uh, lots of things can happen here. But let, let's let – if you, you know, want to give me thoughts on that. But, you know, spoiler alert, uh, we got an Astro pitcher once again well-positioned to get a pile of strikeouts. That's Garrett Cole. Uh, he's facing Tampa. You want to see Zanino in there. Zanino cracked the lineup. That feels like two or three Ks on layaway. Of course, he's batting ninth, but with the, you know, Cole, he's going to make it to that lineup probably three times or close to, if not more. Uh, how much are we prioritizing Cole there, John? Not that much, honestly. I think I'm more interested in the middle tier just because I like the the expensive bats in the slate. I mean, I think, I think Cole from a, a raw points you know, projection is probably the top pitcher on the slate. But then you've got, you know, Noah Syndergaard uh, right below him. You know, you've got uh, Odorizzi, you've got uh, Disclafany. So, um, you know, I'm more interested maybe in that middle tier. And there's, there's a pretty good chunk of savings uh, down from Cole to those pitchers. So a couple things. Um, you, you wrote how you're going to joke and kind of butcher some names. I don't want to call you out, but we got to haze you a little bit. Uh, and it, this is the guy you asked me. You said, uh, because I, we talked about Disco Stu. You're like, who's Disco Stu? Disco Fani is Disco Stu, man. That's the guy we're going to – well, we'll hit the lock button on him. At least I'm going to hit the lock button on him. I'm taking a stand. So that – we'll get to it in a second. He's facing the Marlins. Spoiler alert, he's probably going to be popular too. Second thing I want to mention, we have Grant Nieper in the chat. He just says, Squirrel Patrol, give Dean the business. I don't know what he means by, by that, but I have, a, I have a question because it's my understanding. Uh, you've won so many live final seats. Like you had so many plus ones last time out. Somehow Grant got on the list. Grant was one of your plus ones. You like Grant? He did. So, yeah, I actually had a buddy. This is a t- – Terrible story, but a buddy of mine that was supposed to come out to San Diego got the dates wrong and flew out the weekend before. So the weekend I was in Chicago for the DraftKings Live Final. He, my buddy, actually flew out to San Diego. So with a week's notice, I had a, a plus one. So yeah, I reached out to Grant. Yeah, I wanted to see that beer chugging in person, and it is it is as impressive live as it is on the air. Let's let's be honest. He was like the fourteenth or fifteenth person you asked. He's all right. Screw it. I guess I'll ask Grant. It's some, you know, he's he was at the top of the list. <laughs> Can't we take some shots at him? Get him the business, not me the business. 
Pepsi, uh, what are we doing here as far as Cole? I was eight and a half total as far as the K prop, high, highest K prop on the slate. Scherzer doesn't have one for what it's worth because we don't really know. And there's no official K prop as of right now. Uh, it's about raw points potentially. And, and uh, you know, John's right. It's a great slate for bats too. And there's some push and pull. Uh, and the mid tier is pretty interesting. Uh, how much are you prioritizing Cole? Because I'm, I'm a little bit conflicted and I, I get both sides of it. Is Pepsi still with us? Uh, Pepsi had technical issues last time and he's having technical issues once again. So, uh, well, there you go. Good job. Hopefully Pepsi will be back. Unfortunately, no longer with us uh, as of right now. We're going to power through, John. Uh, right. Up next is Syndergaard. Is Syndergaard one of those guys that's an SP2? Is he somebody you're going to skip? Now, uh, he's got one of the best umpires in all of baseball for uh, for calling balls and strikes. He's got Doug Eddings behind the plate for him, so extreme pitchers umpire. Uh, for what it's worth, I think he's one of the only extremes as far as positive today. Yeah, let's take a peek as far as the lineup HQ. Uh, Syndergaard and Hendricks, they have an extreme pitcher's umpire. There's some extreme hitter's umpires that are lurking for Savali, Yarborough, uh, Cole, Gerardo, and Sandoval, as well as Jordan Zimmerman. Uh, first of all, how much do you care about stuff like that? Is, that? is that a thing you factor in a lot, a little, not at all? I don't look at the umpire data that much just because I, I look at the Vegas line data a lot and i figured that's captured i think there's you know probably smarter people than me that know the umpires that are betting that that total up and down um and i you know i look at the vegas k prop as well and and you know looking at Cindergard, you know that that k prop is almost right up there with cole but the you know the savings are significant so that's why i'm probably uh you know leaning towards Cindergard as a higher earned pitcher than cole yeah, so Syndergaard, like the name suggests, he's a bigger strikeout pitcher than he actually is. Like 23.8% is nothing special. It's fine. It's good. It's not like an elite pitcher, obviously. Uh, I mean, he's actually behind Odorizzi on the on the season. He's, he's behind Wojbaum on the season. He's behind uh, Maeda as well, if you're going to kind of just kind of compare him against guys guys in the slate. Have you seen the Cubbies lineup? There's no Rizzo in there. It looks, uh, doesn't look very good. Yeah, I mean, so that's, you know, that's a bonus for, for Syndergaard if Rizzo's sitting. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, Mets are favored in that game, I believe. So, you know, yeah, it's, uh, you know, you've got a, a fairly affordable pitcher relative to Scherzer and Cole, who's a favorite and, you know, with a pretty good strikeout total or a strikeout prop, even if his, uh, you know, K percentage on the season is lagging a little bit behind his previous years. Uh, good hitters collectively as far as ISO, as far as Woba, we fire up, you know, the old plate IQ. Uh, the Ks are okay. There's some strikeouts there. Castellanos, 23% of the time. Bryant, 22. Baez, a 27. Um, and also one of the big things Achilles heels for, uh, for, for Syndergaard is, like, he gets stolen on. And the Chicago team, not a lot of wheels, right? So that's got to be a plus team as well. Right. So swipe a bag on him. I suppose, like, maybe Hayward or something like that, maybe a Baez. But, you know, it's not it's like the Royals, the top of the lineup or something like that. All right. Anything else as far as uh, Syndergaard or shall we move on and talk about uh, the mid-tier, which it sounds like you're going to be living there to some degree. Uh, Odorizzi versus the White Sox. What are we doing with him? Yeah. So, I mean, I think this is one of the biggest questions on the slate because I think uh, Disclafani, is that it? Disco Stu, or you can say uh, Disclafani. Disclafani. So, yeah. So I think he's, you know, I think he's going to be one of the most popular pitchers on the slate just because of that Marlins matchup. Uh, You know, he's, there's some safety there. You just can't see the Marlins racking up the runs. Uh, so, you know, and he's, he's a decent strikeout pitcher, and he's got an affordable price. But he's also kind of packed in there with a bunch of other pitchers, uh, Fulte and uh, Maeda. You know, Maeda's got the matchup against San Diego, and that's a pretty high strikeout team. 
Uh, but then again, you never know how long of a leash he's going to get either. So I think the the decision points that you're making there among those pitchers, and especially on the, the two pitcher sites, uh, you know, that's going to, that could make or break your night. All right. Ross weather edge. This does change as well, but I kind of took a peek at this and kind of see if anything sort of jumps out. Uh, 64 game sample size, John, 64 games, as far as similar weather uh, in Chicago, uh, 35% bump in home runs. We've seen 26% bump in runs and a 25% bump in ERA. That's, I mean, that's uh, pretty influential. Is it not? And the wind looks like it's blowing straight up the center. How much do we care about that? Because here's the key. None of that matters if you don't hit the baseball and the White Sox don't hit the baseball. So, you know, uh, and when you look at their lineup today, it's loaded, but, you know, spoiler alert, once again, with a bunch of dudes that strike out a ton. So how much do we care about that? So, yeah, I mean, I, I factor the weather in, in a pretty uh, good deal. I and mean, so, yeah, maybe that drops Odorizzi down a little bit uh, relative to the other guys in that mid-tier, just because if the weather is, is, is popping, I mean, you could hit, the White Sox have some power hitters. So, yeah, that, that would be a concern. Yeah, I mean, the White Sox power hitters, you got Abreu with a, a pretty good pop there as far as ISO 210 this season, Moncada at 274. Uh, of course, those guys strike out plenty, and collectively, we're looking at, what, 25.9% uh, at the top. You got Goings batting second. I see Big T in the chat. Goings is one of his players. I don't know how. Maybe Goings, like, rescued his cat or something like that. I have no idea what the story is, but who likes Ryan? I mean, I'm sure he's a nice guy. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure he's very pleasurable in person, but, uh, yeah, I think that's probably actually an edge for Odorizzi. Yeah, uh, Skull is in there at 31%. Yeah, Beef Castillo at 29%. Uh, it's it's a terrible lineup. Like, it's always a terrible lineup, but it looks pretty uh, uh, specifically terrible as far as K's once again today. And Odorizzi, pretty positive from a K perspective, 25% on the season. So uh, he's got to definitely be in your MME mix. Uh, Hendricks, Hendricks is just, I don't know, man. I, the Mets are perfectly fine. I don't need to pick on the Mets. And Hendricks is like, never really has that ceiling. I prefer the guys around him. Uh, yeah, more so. He tends to be a guy I skip over a lot just because the strikeout potential is not there. And, and yeah, tonight he's an underdog. Um, so, I mean, it's, you know, it's a good pitcher's park, but, um, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to go there probably. Yeah, we got to send out a bolo uh, on, on Pepsi. I'm not really sure where he's after talking about him in the chat. I guess, uh, yeah, he was talking about some internet issues pre show. Something's going down outside of his house. They're working on some wiring. So, uh, well, he may or may not be back with us. Either way, we're going to power through nonetheless. Um, all right, Yarbrough versus Houston. We're just throwing that out, right? That's what I mean. I suppose you can. Can you make an argument? I can't. Yeah, I'm not really going there. Um, just you know, I'm, I'm I'm tournament guy, so I'm looking for high strikeout pitchers, and yeah, I'm just not seeing it with with uh, Yarbrough. Um, yeah. Yeah, is that sort of a, a ditto when it comes to Tanner Roark? Yeah, so Roark, I mean, I. Re- I remember a Tanner Roark, you know, 18K game from a couple of years ago. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's few and far between. So, um, you know, I mean, he can he can ratchet up the Ks. But, um, I mean, that is a, it's a weak Kansas City lineup. But He had an 18 – he had an 18 strikeout game a couple of years ago? Did. It was with the Nationals. Um, yeah. I remember because it was so noteworthy because it just came out of nowhere. Um, but, yeah, he usually does not do that. So Were you on him that night? You remember? Was I playing? Yeah. Uh, did I play him? I don't think so. I think it might have been a day game. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Must have been against a slew of righties. Maybe the Marlins. Probably most likely the Marlins. That's the chalk. Um, Erod in Colorado. It's not a great lineup on the back half. It's pretty bad, but like it's cores. Yeah. I mean, you know, in tournaments, I don't think it's a terrible play just because he, you know, he does have some strikeout upside. 
it just it's tough with with Arenado and Story. I mean, those are going to be two tough hitters for him to get out, and that's a that's a tough ballpark. So. Yeah, I mean, I guess the argument is if he gets beyond those guys, uh, and also like I, I suspect they're a pretty heavy favorite too. You get those four points on layaway, which you know you don't necessarily need those four points, but you'll take them. You'll take that W for sure. Uh, working our way down, we got Maeda ahead of Disco. We'll talk about him in a second, but talk to me about Maeda against San Diego, of course. You know, nice ballpark, and uh, there are plenty of K's in that San Diego lineup. Not so much these days, you know, uh, and Tatis is out, which certainly hurts the overall run expectation, but, you know, also their potential for striking out is a little bit less, too. Uh, how do we feel about Maeda? I think he's, like, Maeda disco lineups look really nice. That's, that sounds like where you might be living. That's, yeah, it's exactly what it is. You know, so I actually, I kind of like Maeda's a, a pivot off of disco disco stew. Uh, just because you know they're uh, Maeda is only 200 more on uh, on fantasy draft, so they're about the same price. But what I really like is the idea of combining the two of them. You've got you know two two decent pitchers with two plus matchups, and then you've got plenty of salary for your bets. Yeah, we don't line up just yet for San Diego, I presume, right? I don't think so. Um, but the projected lineup we're looking at what 23.5 percent as far as K's. You know, Greg Garcia is projected to lead off Baylor as well. You know, they do have some more lefties these days with Garcia and Taylor. Uh, you know, Hosmer out there, he's got a big paycheck, but he's not particularly imposing these days. Uh, Renfro, a lot of power, but also the potential to strike out a good bit too at 33%. Uh, you know, and Maeda feels like a guy that, you know, he's safe, right? And I know you don't play for safe in tournaments, but he's like going to get to those 15 to 20, potentially 25 points in tournaments, kind of opening things up where you have both a quality arm and room to roster a bunch of bats, which, you know, we'll talk about cores in a second. You know, Minnesota, uh, not that you necessarily needed against Detweiler in that ballpark with those boppers, but we talked about the weather, you know, bumping those bats up to some degree. Uh, we'll talk about bats in a second, obviously. But let's talk about Disco. Disco Fani, uh, my favorite play tonight, no shocker. Uh, love picking on those Marlins. Um, and I, lo- I love the – do you hear people say the Marlins are sneaky every once in a while? Do you ever hear people say that? I mean, I could see it maybe in a, you know, if they're on the road in a hitter's ballpark, because no one's going to play them. You yeah. Know, so in tournaments, sure, if you want to stick it, you know, a lineup or two in, you know, some kind of Marlin stack. But I mean, it is a, it is not a good lineup. And and they're not on the road tonight. They've got one of the lowest uh, implied run totals on the board, I think. Um, so yeah, that's why uh, Disco Stu is getting so much attention, I think. Yeah, and the other part is, you know, what do you want with Disco? You want a bunch of a bunch of righties, right? So we're seeing what two lefties in this lineup here, as far as Walker and Diaz. Uh, collect, you, you look at his splits this season: uh, Disco Fani against righties, twenty six percent strikeouts, isolated power one forty seven, WOBA two seventy two, all really solid. Three point four percent as far as walks. That's awesome. Subdued fly balls, twenty nine point six percent. The ballpark's cavernous as well, so the likelihood of anybody banging one out on him is not very good. So unless he gets like some goopy Babbitt, also I know you love you got to love yourself some revenge games, right? Who doesn't love a good old fashioned revenge game? It doesn't really mean anything in baseball, I don't think. But yeah, is he a former Marlin? Yeah, yeah, back to back revenge games. By the way, Luis Castillo was a former Marlin. Too. So Mar- Marlin's policy is they trade away anybody good, right? So yeah, <laughs> there you go. But then they and they collect back uh, the Lewis Brinsons of the world. Who yes, he's in the lineup. We like seeing that at thirty two percent as far as his case. Um, was he traded for Brinson or? Brinson was traded for Yelich. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it was balanced out. Don't worry, because Yamamoto was in the trade as well, too. Okay. So it was totally fair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to remember the, the disco trade. It's fuzzy to me. I don't recall. It was like four years ago or something like that. Three or four. 
about the same time Roark got his uh, 18 strikeouts. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right Probably the same day. <laughs> so, like – I'm probably going to lock button this. I'm taking a stand. People give me a hard time saying I don't take a stand on things. I think I'm going to lock button on, on two pitcher sites. Like I, I just don't see this going wrong. So, you know, that's the possibility. You're talking about the uh, Disco Stew and, um, and Maeda combination. Well, no, just the Disco. And then I'm going to have like different parts. I'm going I'm to combine it with other people. But like certainly Maeda, probably some, uh, well, for, definitely some coal as well you know, uh, and a couple other things as well. But those are my three main pitchers as far as two pitcher sites. I think the bottom stinks. Uh, Fultenowicz, uh, Fulte, you know, going for the Braves against Toronto. I mean, I think he's right in that same price range. And yeah. so, you know, you could have a situation. I like all three of those guys all around the same price uh, on the two pitcher sites. So I, I'll probably have some uh, Disco stew-free lineups that have maybe a Maeda Fulte and it's about the same same amount of salary. Yeah, I mean, and I totally get it. Like, absolutely, things can implode in his face. Like, Babbitt can happen. He can get ejected like Verlander yesterday. Did you see that up, up show uh, as far as Verlander? That was nonsense. I didn't I didn't see it, but, I, yeah, I read about it uh, this morning. So Yeah, I mean, you know, he caught the corner, and the, the umpire didn't call it, which, whatever, that's fine, I suppose. The next guy, the next pitch, the guy doubled the center field. I love Verlander's, like, fight because the score's, like, 9 nothing, and he's still, like, barking and cursing at the umpire. It was great. He still got the win. What's that? Still got the win, which is what's important for us DFS players. Hey, he didn't get the QS though, which you need on Vandal. Ah, uh, okay. I didn't realize that cost him that. He was two outs from the QS. Yeah. But Verlander cares about your fantasy team. I like guys that care about your fantasy team. Absolutely. <laughs> uh yeah, and as far as that matchup for Fulty, like we know that Toronto team is certainly better with the addition of all the guys they've called up throughout the season with Bachette and Biggio and Guerrero, but they strike out a ton. There's a lot of K's there. Uh, you want to see Tioscar in there? Tioscar's in there. He's got power for sure. But when he's not hitting it, you know, uh, you know, 500 feet or whatever, he's striking out a good bit at 33%, uh, 25.5% collectively. As far as the Ks, though, that's the tricky part. Like, Fulte, his Ks haven't really been there this year. He's certainly fallen back this season as opposed to last season. The splits, 19% versus lefties, 22.5 versus righties. Um, you know, a few too many fly balls, not enough ground balls. But um, – you know, I, I definitely see the upside. There's certainly a path. Yeah, I mean, I think he's pitched better recently. Uh, you know, I, I think he was coming out, uh, spent some time in the minors, seems to have done, been doing a lot better since he came back up to the big leagues uh, in August. So, um, and, you know, the strikeout potential has always been there with him. And, uh, you know, I think there's some strikeouts to be had in that Blue Jays lineup. So it's a, it's a concern. It's, it's just a potential pivot uh, at the same price range off of the, you know, those two pitchers I think will be more popular. We got Ross update as far as the weather. Nothing too crazy as far as I can tell. Uh, yeah, yellow is the scariest color we have. Everything else is green, yellow, or good to go. Roth, of course, will be on crunch time later. Uh, 6.15 on the East Coast, all the way up the lock. Uh, he'll, you know, he'll give you the most up-to-date update as far as what's going down weather-wise. Uh, let's see. Let's work our way down because I think it gets ugly really fast. So, like, Junis and Wagaspec. Uh, I, I see – I saw – I think it was Big T talking about Contra in the uh, – you know, uh, in the chat, which he's playable, sure. And then there's Savali, who's been good. The surface numbers are great when you dig in. You could tell, I don't want to say fraudulent, but you can certainly say he's been luck, uh, lucky. He hasn't given a homer just yet. The Sierra is like, what, four or five or so. The year's ERA is less than two. Uh, but also, he gets to face a terrible Detroit team. So, oh, yeah. so like, okay, regression in theory is coming, but maybe it's not coming today. What are we doing with Savali? So, I mean, he's a guy that's got a pretty big price difference across sites. Uh, so, 
you know, on the single pitcher sites, FanDuel, I'm not sure that I like him at that price. But, you know, you know with the matchup against the Tigers, I mean, I, I think he's priced down a little bit from that mid-tier that we were talking about. You know, saves you about a, a thousand in salary or a couple thousand in salary. Uh, so I think then, you know, he's someone you've got to consider then. And, you know, the, that Tigers lineup is just not good, um, you know, especially at this point in the season. So, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's something it's to consider. it's because uh, no, there's no Miguel Cabrera, which I know this is not like, you know, your Marlin fan of like, you know, that's not the Miguel Cabrera of like 15 years ago, but yeah, it's better the, the fact that that's the intimidating guy in the lineup and, you know, oh, you know, Cabrera's out. I mean, <laughs> Reyes, Beckham, Castro, Dowell, Lugo is hitting fifth. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's awful. Uh, you know, Jordy Mercer as well, Hicks. It's it's a bad, bad lineup. And not only are they bad, uh, you know, they, they don't uh, – they're not patient at all. Outside of Dimitri in a small sample, they have 5.6% as far as walking, striking out 26.8% of the time. The collective WOBA is 300. Uh, there is a little bit of power in this team for what it's worth. We didn't see Savali give up a homer just yet. Maybe gives him a solo job, no big deal. But um, – it's just a really, really bad collection of players. And that's who it was. Van Gogh and chat all over it. Uh, Disco was traded for, this will date this, the story. He was traded for Matt Latos. Yeah. Remember him? Okay. Yeah. Vaguely. Yeah. Matt, he, and like he instantly lost his fastball. He was throwing like 80, 87 mile hour fastballs. And Latos was once upon a time, he was a good pitcher for the Padres. Uh, and then he was terrible for the Marlins. I think he was bad for the Dodgers for a bit too. Yeah. All right. Good for, uh, you know, Good job, Marlins. <laughs> oh. Those revenue sharing dollars. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they're making money. The front right. office, they, that's all they care about. Uh, okay, I suppose. Uh, are you on speaking of the Marlins? Any interest? Like you want to pinch of Alcantara? Is he in the mix for you? Sorry. Oh, um, you know, not tonight. I mean, I just, um, yeah, it's, it, they're probably not going to get the win. Um, you know, the, the Reds lineup is, you know, they been calling up a couple of hitters uh van meter and aquino um you know and they still got uh suarez nick sensel i mean that's yeah it's, i'm not gonna go there even in tournaments i don't think yeah i mean sensel's been scuffling for sure he's obviously a big big time prospect the, the talent's supposed to be there uh we know about aquino's uh, ridiculous power uh, it, you know it doesn't matter what ballpark's he in he, when he gets a hold of it, it it's gone yellowstone uh, you know it's in uh wherever i don't know what they name a ballpark that's big. The Marlins Park. Marlins, yeah. They're so bad they can't get a sponsor, by the way. <laughs> For real. That was a thing. And at some point, they just they stopped trying because they started to feel embarrassed. Um, so, like, what about the muck? What about Wojbaum? What about Zimmerman, Detweiler, Lambert, Gerardo? Uh, the nonsense that San Diego's going to throw out there. I think San Diego is basically like a bullpen game as far as I can read. I okay. believe so. Yeah, and that that gives me some interest in the Dodgers, but we'll we'll probably get there later. Yeah, I'm I'm really not going to go too too cheap tonight. Um, you know, it, if I was, it would probably be uh, Wojciechowski, but I still, it's just I can't see the uh, the Orioles you know doing well two nights in a row. So, <laughs> yeah, last night I had a it was good good job in the pitching, but last night I I loaded up. I was overweight on both uh, Atlanta and washington so my night was over pretty quickly it did not go right. well <laughs> I mean, it looked it looked promising before the game started <laughs> well there you go <laughs> i got my money's worth um you know it's it was a process over results right is that what they say well, yeah you, it was a 
Hey, and when you win, you say skill game. I nailed it. I called it. I think that's how it works. I don't know. That's how it works in the tout life, at least. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, Atlanta and, and Washington looked good last night. Yeah, again, until until the game started. But I mean, so I that gives me some pause. You know, looking at uh, any Orioles pitcher, uh, you know, going. I, I can't see them shutting down the Nationals two nights in a row. So. I do agree with you. Like, if you're going to force me to pick somebody, uh, you know, woes down, it's woes, I suppose. Um, and it feels, for me, it's, I've narrowed down my pitching pool pretty clearly. Uh, taking a stand, you know, uh, on disco, going to play some disco combinations along with Cole, uh, which I think there's some cheapies out there that kind of kind of make that work not too hard. You can get, you know, a punt or two, and all of a sudden you have some decent bats as well. And then we talk about living, you know, going double middle as far as disco and Maeda as well. Uh, summarize the pictures. What's your general thought here? So I, I, it's all about the mid-tier for me. I mean, I think I'll, I'll certainly, if I'm max entering, which I have been known to do, I'll, I'll certainly have some Cole and maybe a Scherzer or, or two. Uh, but, you know, it's for me, it's probably starting at, at Syndergaard. Uh, and then, you know, I like that that mid-tier. Odorizzi, uh, you know, uh, Disco Stu. You know, FanDuel does have a, a Patrick Sandoval misprice. Um, so I, I think that's a consideration on the single-pitcher site. Uh, especially if you really want to load up on bats. Um, but yeah, it's, tonight for me, it's, yeah, it's all about the mid-tier. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I don't mean to neglect Sandoval, and I agree. He's like, what, five and change over there? And this Texas lineup is absolutely horrific against lefties, and they're going to be worse going forward because they lost Pence. Hunter Pence is on the IL. Um, their lineup's not out just yet, as far as I can see, but it's going to be terrible. Yeah, and, and Heaney terrible. absolutely mowed them down last night. Um, <laughs> And I, I was watching that game. I, you know, I had a sweat going on. I was rooting against Heaney. And oh. it, was, it was terrible because they just could not make contact. Uh, and, and I don't know if Patrick Sandoval is quite that good, but it's still it's, it's a concern that the lineup just cannot hit lefties. I just can't even make contact. Yeah, yeah it's, it's the worst when you're tilting up. You're, 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 kinda, you're trying to fade a pitcher. It's like, just give up pop-outs. Or just hit yeah. the ball somewhere. Yeah, just yeah, ground out. That's all I'm asking for. <laughs> yeah, at least he didn't get the win last night, but he obviously put up a big score for sure. All right, uh, Bats, before we break it down position by position, uh, tell me maybe a one hitter or two or maybe a team that you're kind of focusing on as far as the slate. So it's tough to get away from Boston. Um, I know they're, they're you know, that's the first place everyone's going to look just because it's Coors Field. Uh, they've got the highest implied run total on the night, but they don't have the highest implied run total. I think it's by about a run and a half over uh, Minnesota, uh, Colorado, and the Nationals. So uh, I really like Boston tonight. You know, they're facing uh, you know a young right-handed pitcher that just hasn't shown that he belongs in the majors, and he's got a pitching course field. Uh, so and the Sox lineup is imposing as it is. All right, position by position. Obviously, catchers. You don't have to play catchers in the sponsor fantasy draft. Some sites. Kind of sort of force you to do it, so we got to talk about him here. Uh, do you have a general philosophy as far as catcher? Like, you just are you firing out Max Stassi there every single night and saying screw it? Uh, yeah, I mean, so he's the he's the you know min priced guy. Um, you know, if you if you have to play a catcher, but yeah. um, you know, often like a lot of guys, I'm just uh, I'm going with whatever stack I'm using. You know, I'm probably going to stick in the catcher, just figuring that there isn't a huge amount of differentiation on a lot of nights. So that if I really like an offense, you know, like tonight, I really like Boston. So, you know, Vasquez is probably going to be my uh, highest owned catcher or one of them. Um, you know, the one guy that I think really separates himself tonight at the catcher position is Mitch Garver. Guy, uh, he's leading off. Uh, he's facing a lefty in Detweiler. Detweiler, just his entire career, has not been able to get right-handed hitters out. 
Uh, and so I actually, I particularly like playing one-offs uh, from the leadoff position, especially uh, one-offs with power uh, in leadoff hitters with power. So uh, Mitch Garver is, is a guy I would look at uh, if I'm really going to go away from my stack catcher position. Yeah, Mitch Garver hard hit rate this season is a uh, 54.7% versus lefties. Uh, his teammate, of course, Boomstick Nelly Cruz at 63.5%, which is insane. Uh, his isolated power is 379, which is a ridiculous number. <laughs> uh, the yeah. sample's not huge. It's 104 bats, but still, uh, I, I like Garver a good bit too. And I'm, I understand he's expensive, but I'm going to make sure I get him in, in some lineups for sure. You kind of sort of have to. Give me, give me a pivot or two as far as uh, other catchers are. Maybe like the, the cheapest you'll go. Like, would you play a Stassi just to make everything else work? Sure, I'll, I'll, I'll Stassi, yeah. Uh, but honestly, in a little bit of a middle price range, Kurt Suzuki uh, for the Nationals. I mean, I, I think, like I said, I, I can't imagine the Nationals getting shut down tw- two nights in a row. So Suzuki's kind of hitting in the middle of that lineup in, in the sixth position, uh, and he's giving you substantial savings off the Garver. So first base, uh, just like general lineup construction, again, like fans draft, you don't have to do this, but like on DK and fans draft, on, on FanDuel, um, first base kind of stinks. Like it, to me, it's like all about the left side of the infield. Like it's third base and shortstop is just loaded today. It's yeah. kind of like, is, is that your thought process as well? Uh, yeah, I was looking at shortstop and I, I was noticing that, that it's just the, the one note I wrote down was loaded. I mean, you know, but we'll, we'll get there. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, first base, I'm probably going to go, again, similar to catcher. I'm going to go with my stack. I, I really like Mitch Moreland. Uh, he's got the platoon advantage against Lambert, who hasn't really been able to get uh, to uh, get left-handed hitters out. Uh, if I'm, you know, I like Cody Bellinger as well. Um, but if I'm going to go on a one-off, maybe Freddie Freeman. How much are you willing to take stands? Like you're talking, it sounds like you're on Boston. A lot of people are on Boston. Like you're not going to be, it's not a secret. They're not sneaky. Like the Marlins are according to some people. Like, like are you willing to just say, screw it? I'm going to make like 70% Boston stacks or like, how, how far are you willing to go? Is it like dependent upon the slate, depending on your feel that day or uh, a general yeah. philosophy? It depends. Yeah. You know, it depends on feel. Uh, I'm probably not, if I'm max entering, I'm not going to go 70% on, on any stack. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I will probably be overweight on Boston tonight compared to how I would, how much I would be on my uh, favorite stack, just because that implied run total so so much higher than the other teams on the slate. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I was on Freeman last night, like all the other Braves. He failed me, uh, but I'm back. I'm going back. I don't care uh, against Waggis back. I'm all over Freeman for what it's worth. Waggis back in a small sample has been reverse blitzy, but like whatever, I don't care. It's Freeman, and you know, if anything, that just makes me want to play Acuna more. Uh, and Donaldson's he's Donaldson's gonna get that revenge homer it's happening for sure yeah, in, back in Toronto <laughs> he was so close last night he really hit one uh right in the warning track dead center was a nice hit but uh, I think it was a barrel which is I don't know if you follow that Twitter account with the barrels and then it says like barrel alert and then like fly out are you aware of this or no no you know the whole barrel thing I it's not something I really understand I'll, I'll be totally honest I don't understand how they define it um it's hitting the, the the baseball at the optimal angle, launch angle, and the optimal speed. A combination okay. of that. So basically. it doesn't have to do with where where they hit it on the bat. I don't know, but I mean, like, presumably it's on the barrel. Yeah, presumably it's right. like on the barrel, but it's hitting it square. Like that's like what would create that reaction. I think I presume. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know who coined that term, and it's you know. Uh, but yeah, that, that that's it's basically hitting the ball perfectly uh, right. from a launch angle and from an exit velocity perspective, and. You know, the ex, uh, the expected, you know, batting average and all that is extremely heightened. But, like, when 
that actually happens and your guy gets out, it's like, oh man. And like, again, process versus results. I knew he was going to barrel, but uh, there has to be a player there, unfortunately. Uh, if you're not playing your Boston stacks, first base, who else is interesting? You mentioned Toronto. Uh, is Spoke Monster somebody that uh, you're worth uh, considering playing? Not really. No, uh, <laughs> no I'm not, not really that interested in, in Smoke. I mean, I, he seems like he's been scuffling this season. Um, I, I actually, I like the idea of spending up at, at first base a little bit. Uh, and I, in, if there's one team I like that's maybe a little bit farther down on the implied run totals than Boston, it's, it's the Dodgers tonight. Uh, and so they've got, uh, you know, on the sites that are defining first baseman, uh, you know, they've got two uh, Bellinger and Muncie, on, at least on DraftKings, that I'm interested in. And Bellinger's like a little bit cheaper than it normally is. I mean, it's not a great ballpark, obviously. It's better for righty power than it is for lefty power. But, you know, Bellinger's still like really solid. And we don't really know what we're going to get. And it's going to be a mixed bag out of that pen as far as we can tell. Uh, it's probably going to be multiple arms. Who do they have as the project? The projected long man is not somebody that has been going deep either. So is a Perdomo? Yeah. So it's, it's not someone that I'm, I'm really familiar with. And, you know, I was watching this game last night. I had a sweat going on and they put in Ty France to pitch. Uh, He's a hitter, right? Was it? Ty France, the hitter. The hitter. Yeah. So they put the position player in to, to pitch, gave up a home run to AJ Pollock. Uh, knocked me down from second to third in the big DraftKings, uh, <laughs> big DraftKings tournament. So that was about twenty thousand dollars. But I, I made a note. I don't like the Padres pitching. So, <laughs> by the way, uh, on the other side of that game, I don't know if it was like a retort or whatever, but uh, Russell Martin closed out the game. It was the first time in like forever that a non-pitcher pitched in it on the winning side of a shutout, which is something you never see. Yeah. And I, I feel like he's actually pitched before. Like, it, it, I don't think that was his first appearance. And he I think looked he's got competent. his ERA. He looked competent up there. Like, I think he was cranking. He's a catcher, so he's got a catcher's arm, right? Yeah. Uh, a little long in the tooth, but I think he was cranking up like 88 or so. And that's always been like, you know, the unwritten rules of baseball. It always drives me nuts. Like, when, you know, if you're down 17 to three, you can save your bullpen and, you know, all of a sudden roll out the catcher, roll out a shortstop and have a good time and whatever. You're getting beat. If you lose one nothing, if you lose 27 to zero, what's the difference? An L and L is an L. I always think the, the winning team should be able to take advantage of that too. But I think it's like an unwritten rule where you can't do it. It's like almost like rubbing in their face, but I want to say fight pen too. Yeah. We saw it last night. Um, and actually I, if, if we're looking for a bargain catcher, I don't mind Russell Martin in the, in the Dodgers lineup. <laughs> Russell Martin. no oh boy. He might be uh, going in there to close out the game. Probably now. Interesting that Jock's betting seventh uh, against the righty uh, starting the game. And again, I think there's a little bit of a heightened risk of him getting the hook because we're going to see multiple arms uh you know just kind of be cautious that that i suppose because there's probably gonna be some lefties lurking to kind of pump come out of that pen i meant to check the pen as far as san diego to see how many active lefties they have i do not have it in front of me maybe we'll pull it on up as the show progresses uh you got three. Was, they got uh, garcia Naylor, and, and hosmer no, no as far as the bullpen i'm talking about. oh sorry in terms of the bullpen okay yeah i'm not sure yeah i'll pull it up in a second because i'm kind of curious as well uh second base you got jose ltv versus a lefty which by the way the astros collectively are a little bit discounted against Yarbrough. Yarbrough is a fine pitcher. The ballpark's not particularly great, but, you know, we saw what they did last time, uh, last night to Morton absolutely, you know, punched his face in. Uh, we know the potential of this Houston lineup, especially the front half of it. Uh, we know how Altuve smashes lefties as well. What are we doing here at second? Because I like Alvey's a good bit. You talk, you know, Biggio, I like him versus Fulte to some degree just because he's priced down, and I believe in the talent. But, again, not a prime position. It's the left side of the infield for me, not the right side. 
Yeah, again, you know, so I, I'm kind of sticking to my stack here. I like Brock Holt uh, just because he's he's affordable. He's got the platoon advantage. Uh, and he, you know, he's got the second base eligibility. Um, Jonathan Villar as a as a one off. I know he's going to probably have you know, extremely small ownership uh, facing Scherzer, but we don't know how long Scherzer is going to pitch. And that Nationals bullpen has been getting hammered all all season. I think Villar's homered in uh, five of his last eight games, something like that. So it's something to keep in mind. He's going to be a little bit less expensive than the high-priced second baseman. We saw that bullpen get exposed in the, the live final for DK Doolittle. Was you, were you on the positive side of that or the negative side of that? I was on the negative side of that. Um, and I'm a Nationals fan. That's my my home team. So, But it did not surprise me to see the uh, the bullpen, Nationals bullpen playing a large role uh, in a lot of runs being scored. So I think I think uh, Doolittle gave up something like four home runs and a double and 10 pitches. Terrible. Sorry to bring up those memories. I apologize. All right. <laughs> Uh, so I just pulled up uh, what we have as far as San Diego's uh, roster here in the pen. Uh, Robbie Irwin uh, is, uh, you know, one of their lefties, and Matt Strom is one of their lefties. Looks like they only have two lefties, and Irwin pitched uh, yesterday, and he threw 33 pitches. So we might only have one lefty really available. That's interesting. So maybe less less caution as far as Peterson, for what it's worth. Uh, anything else of note you want to point out as far as second? I, I guess we feel like we should probably jump over to the left side of the infield, I presume. Uh, let's start with third base hot corner. It is so good. Um, it's hard to whittle things down. And I presume, I mean, I, I'm catching a theme here. If you're paying attention here at home, uh, you like Raph, you like Devers a bit. Yes. Yes. I mean, that might be my top play of the night just because, you know, he's, he's been hammering right-handed pitchers this season. Uh, he's got something like the fifth, fifth highest slugging percentage in the league against right-handed pitching. And tonight he's playing against a bad right-handed pitcher and he's playing in Coors Field, and he's playing as the visiting team, hitting second in the lineup, probably going to get you know that extra at-bat. So he's probably my play of the night. Kirk D's in the chat. He definitely took full advantage of that Washington bullpen, and he said uh, he actually ordered a Doolittle jersey as an homage. I go. saw him. Yeah, he mentioned that. Um, <laughs> and I would, too, if I was him. Yeah, he's got the money to afford the, the Doolittle jersey now, custom-made if he wants I'm being told I'm a terrible host for bringing up those memories. I apologize. That was not my intent. Uh, so many good pivots off of Devers, of course, like we keep talking about. Uh, you know, you're watching the Nationals. We know the, the power potential for Rendon. Uh, Arenado against the lefty. I know Erod's pretty positive, but Arenado at, at home versus lefty just absolutely smashes. Uh, so, no, not that he necessarily needs, a, you know, the weather, weather to give a power boost, but, you know, he's facing Detweiler. Uh, you know, Omegi Sano is certainly interesting for tournaments. You know, he's, he's pricey. Basically the same price as Devers and Rendon and Arenado in the conversation. And we talked about those Astros are kind of somewhat discounted. Bregman is cheaper and he's really, really good. Uh, of course, you can play him at shortstop too. Obviously, you know, fans draft, who really cares? You can play three or four of these guys. If you want to um, on fans draft, have a good time and just load up on the left side of the field. Uh, give me your favorite pivot away from Devers. If you don't have Devers in your stack, is it Sano? Is it Rendon? Is it Arenado? Is it Bregman? Is it somebody off the board? So I'll just say before we get to that, I'm getting uh, getting some some texts here to ask you about what industry you wanted to invest in last <laughs> night. Oh, uh, that, that's good. That's got to be your plus one, right? That's your plus one. Yeah. Grant? Yep. That was Grant. <laughs> what a jerk. <laughs> that was a private conversation, Grant. You don't have to. You don't have to go into it. I can just go into my pivots if you want. Vandaling Industries. Uh, that's what. It, that's what it was. But. Uh... <laughs> All right, absolutely. All right, so pivots off of Devers. I mean, I, yeah, I love Arenado. I think he's the guy, the first guy you mentioned. Uh, just because he's savings from Devers, 
And that, I mean, he just destroys left-handed pitchers at home. So uh, I think the best hitter in the world, you know, in baseball of all time might be Nolan Arenado at home against the left-handed pitcher. Uh, and with Boston, you know, projected to win that game, I, you know, Colorado's got a little bit of a lower implied run total. Uh, you know, Arenado probably will not see the ownership that Devers does, even though he's still in, in an incredible spot. So um, he'd be my first pivot off of Devers. Miguel Sano, again, you know, Detweiler just cannot handle right-handed hitters uh, throughout his entire career. And I feel like Sano's a guy that's got uh, pretty strong splits. So uh, got to like him facing a left-hander. And then, you know, Bregman, I, I looked at as well. He's part of that loaded shortstop position. Yes, that's a good segue. Uh, shortstop, I presume, once again, you're going to stay with the theme. And, like, Bogarts is your favorite guy because he's a part, he's a part of that Boston stack. Uh, and, I mean, he's perfectly fine just as a regular play. He's a, a solid cash game play if you can get there. But, you know, the pivots are awesome. you got Turner leading off versus Wojbaum. Uh, Story at home versus lefty is a thing, too. And also he's a jack-in-the-bag potential. Uh, he's swiped plenty of legs the bags this season. Uh, Zimmerman is a disaster, you know, pitching versus Lindor. Lindor on the road, locked in with those nine innings, probably gets those five ABs. Uh, Simeon feels a bit expensive, but he's going to be super low owned, I think, uh, based upon all the other uh, competition he's fighting with. The aforementioned Bregman also available at shortstop, like you said. You mentioned VR, like nobody's going to play VR because the opportunity cost is so high, and VR is not even cheap. But he's another guy, you know, cheap and uh, you know he can bang one out, he can swipe one as well. So he, like, who? He's been hot, yeah. Who do, who do you have? Like, it's really hard to decide. It's, I'm just kind of shuffling through them basically. Yeah, I mean, so one guy you didn't mention, uh, Jorge Polanco, uh, is going to be you know, hitting from the right side of the plate against Detweiler. Um, but, you know, it's, all these guys are expensive, but, I mean, it, it is an absolutely loaded position. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, I think they're going to be worth it, or at least a couple of them are. So is there, like, a cheap shortstop you like, or is opportunity cost too strong where it's like, you know what, I'm not going to punt this position? I'm probably not, I'm probably not going to punt the position just because there's so many – good hitters, good power hitters. Um, you know, I'm showing Willie Castro on the Tigers. Uh, it's probably the cheapest, you know, reasonable uh, kind of punt option. Um, but, you know, I'm just looking at his minor league stats and it's, it's hard to translate. Uh, and then he's, yeah, the, I mean, the Tigers are not projected to, to score a lot of runs tonight. If you want to just bet on the talent, like Javi Baez is discounted pretty heavily. Um, you know, I don't, it, the, nothing about the matchup against Thor says like, this is a good spot to exploit outside of the fact, you know, he's talented and he'll be low owned and he certainly he can hit two homers and that pen's not particularly great either. So, you know, I don't hate it for tournaments. Uh, if you like everything else around it, like if bias is kind of sort of not a punt, but like a mid tier play, I'm okay with it, but otherwise let's move on. Let's jump to the outfield where, you know, once again, it is loaded in the outfield. Uh, you talk about the best player being versus left-handed at home. Trout needs no qualifiers. He's just the best player of all time. Well, I guess that's a conversation. The best player today. Then you got Mookie and Coors. You got JD and Coors once again. Boomstick Cruz against Detweiler. Uh, Soto versus Wojbaum. It's so good. What are we doing here? Yeah, so, I mean, all those guys you mentioned are, are on my board. You know, uh, you know, probably one through five. I, I like Juan Soto. Um, he's getting a little bit of platoon advantage, although he hits right-handers very well as well. Um, I like Trout as a, as a one-off. I mean, that the, the uh, Rangers are probably not going to be throwing some good pitchers out there. I think they're going with an opener. Um, but then uh, I think we got like, Ariel Girado or something. Um, so, yeah, I think Trout's, Trout's got as good a chance to hit a home run tonight as anyone else. Um, and then we've, actually this is a position where we, we do have some savings as well. Daza uh, going for the Rockies. 
I think 2,700 on, on DraftKings. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, I think the outfield is actually a place where I could look to get some savings tonight. Um, but it's also a place, you know, depending on the stacks, you know, if you're doing a Red Sox stack, you're going to want to have JD Martinez, Mookie Betts. You can go even lower than Daza, by the way. Uh, Seth Brown is 2K on DK, 3-9 on Fantasy Draft. Uh, he's not 19 anymore. He's 27 years old, but he had, he's, I think, at 37 homers in the minors this year. I want to say, is it 37 or 27? Maybe I'm remembering incorrectly. Nonetheless, he's showing a lot of power. Uh, yeah. And he's super, super cheap. Uh, and he makes things work. I presume he'll be somewhat heavily owned just because we're in the world of a salary cap. And, you know, he, he can kind of help you get the things you want to get in. Uh, just went ahead and checked 37 homers this year. It's the minor leagues and he's facing probably some 19, 20 year olds, 21 year olds in triple a Pacific coast league or uh, I don't know. It just says triple I'm not sure if it's the PCL or not. I couldn't tell you where, uh, where Oakland plays their triple a, but yeah, I mean, that's obviously uh, heavily leaning as far as a uh, power there, but that probably is the PCL, but I don't know. Um, you have any other cheap uh, outfielders that are kind of sort of in the middle of that because I got Puig. I'm okay with Puig there uh, in kind of the mid-tier. Uh, yeah, it's always a threat to hit home run. Uh, Ian Desmond around the same price. Uh, you know, he's got the platoon advantage tonight. So, uh, Let's see. Anybody else? They're asking in chat, where, where in the world are you going to get this money for this Boston stack? You kind of sort of talked about it. Tell the people. Yeah, I mean, it, you don't get extra money. I, stacks, do you? Yeah, I'm expecting to probably fade Cole a little bit more in the field, potentially, just because I like, you know, I like the more expensive hitters. All right, let's do a screen share. We're going to get, get some of your favorite stacks in a second. Not just Boston. I want somebody off the board, too. I want three guys that are going to bang out some homers. Uh, we're going to take some questions from the chat, start loading those questions up. Let's fire up the screen share, see what's going on. If you want to play at home as well, it's the lineup HQ I'm looking at. I want to see if there's anything interesting as far as ownership, anything that's sort of jumping out. And, again, it's always changing as far as ownership projection. Let's see if it's changed at all as far as the pitchers because – I think we both think that uh, Syndergaard, not Syndergaard, Scherzer's not going to have 24% ownership. I don't project that. Maybe I'm wrong. You, you just agree. You think it's going to be lower as well, right? Absolutely. I think probably 10% is the, the most I'd, I'd expect to see. Yeah, that's sort of where I'm at too. And again, this does, this will correct itself or get more and more refined as uh, we move up the lock, which is like over what, an hour and 15 minutes away or so, give or take. Uh, K-prop on Cole is eight and a half. K-prop on Syndergaard, seven and a half. Take a stand on one of these. Who's going to be over? Who's going to be under? Uh, let's make a bold call. Who's, who's, who's going to smash that K-prop? Or go under it. Who? Uh, any pitcher. Any pitcher. Uh, I'll go with Syndergaard over seven and a half. All right. I'm going to go with Disco over five and a half at minus 118. I'm going to stay on brand and pick on those Marlins. Uh, let me see if we, what we have as far as hitters, as far as our highest projected hitters. Uh, when it comes to ownership, hey, look at that! Uh, this is this is what DFS is all about. Seth Brown is <laughs> somebody we've never heard of, at least I haven't, uh, until like two days ago or whatever it is. He's now the cheapest, uh, the most expensive, uh, most heavily owned player projection-wise, with uh, Martinez and Puig and Bogarts. Oh, Cervelli, a catcher, who I thought he said he was going to stop catching because he got concussed too many times, but I, I guess he's catching, right? Yeah, he's got to be. I don't yeah. think he plays any other position. Yeah, and it certainly is not good enough to be a DH. But I thought for certain, like, either his agent said it or he said, like, he uh, took too many concussions and he's no longer going to catch anymore. Um, all right. Well, I guess he realized that was his only way to stick around, I suppose. Or maybe he missed the game. Whatever it is, hopefully he doesn't get concussed anymore. 
Uh, let's start loading up questions in the chat there, Devin. If you're pulling them up from YouTube, feel free to like and subscribe on YouTube as well. If you guys have questions, Devin will pull them and throw them in here. We'll knock out as many as possible before we step aside for crunch time in about six minutes or so. Before we do that, I need three stacks and three guys that are going to homer. Okay, three stacks. Like I said, I like Boston. Uh, I like those Dodgers. I'm hoping to see another position player come in, uh, pitch the eighth and ninth for uh, for the Padres. Uh, going a little bit lower, maybe Oakland. Um, you know, if you're you're looking at this back with Seth Brown, Marcus Simeon had a, had a tremendous game the other night. Uh, so yeah, kind of. I think Oakland could be a little bit off the radar. But hey, uh, so my, Mike Trout's not in the lineup today. Oh, don't play him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you ever okay. Had one of those, so... by the way, where, where you accidentally played a guy and he, the old pinch hit doll? You ever get one of those? No, I've, it's never happened for me. But yeah, it's probably happened against me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah that's significant that's probably one of my homers that uh well, you know one of my dongs is gone now oh that lineup is it looks so bad without trout goodwin fletcher otani upton calhoun pujos simmons feiss and kevon smith um yeah it's still projected for five and a half runs that may dip a little bit but uh it just looks so much worse without him it's tough because i don't know how you take advantage of that with the <laughs> rangers pitching staff Exactly. I was thinking the same thing. And I'm like, I mean, maybe Gerardo is super cheap can like survive and get you like, you know, he can kind of weasel his way to like 12 or 13 points, which could be, you know, just enough to open up another bat or two. I guess that's interesting. Yeah. He's, I think he's gone negative two out of his last three appearances, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And the, the other appearance was 3.4. So on, on draft Kings. Oh, I can't advocate. I'm not planting the flag, but I, I did not mean it for that to come off that way where I'm in, uh, in any way endorsing it. But uh, all right, let's jump over to the chat. The chat wants to know what happened to Pepsi. Uh, did he freeze? Um, we think so. We hopefully, hopefully that's all that went down. Um, let's talk about Minnesota. They want to talk about stacking Minnesota. Are you okay with uh, Cruz, Crone, Garver, and the mouthwash, Jonathan Scope? Yeah, so I mean, Cruz, uh, you know, and Garver in particular, um, you know, I mean, those are the two most expensive. Yeah, I, I like Minnesota as a stack tonight. Um, yeah, you know, there's a lot of power potential in that lineup, you know, and there's a lot of right-handed hitters. I mean, I, I particularly like Cruz, uh, Garver, and Sano, but obviously those are the most expensive. So, yeah, if you go with Scope, uh, uh, or who was the other um, the other twin mentioned? Uh, yeah, Cruz, I mean, Crone, Scope, and uh, Garver. That was the foursome they liked. Yeah, any, anyone from the right-hand side of the plate. So, uh, yeah, this is the question. They're basically asking about uh, if it's out of order. It's like not one, two, three, four, or like, you know, five, six, seven, eight. Are you, are you okay with having four? It's not yeah. the perfect correlation, but are you okay with having four guys in the team in a random order? Yeah, absolutely. It does not have to be consecutive. I mean, especially, you know, you're, you're picking four guys, you know, yeah, you're going to have two guys get on base, somebody else makes an out, and then the, the fourth guy hits a home run. So it, it absolutely does not have to be consecutive. They want to know if I've touted Tiscafani uh, uh, every single slate. No, I don't mention him a ton, but like, I'm sorry. He's facing a bunch of righties that are terrible at baseball. They strike out a good amount. It's a cavernous ballpark. Uh, I think he's got an extreme, does he have extreme pitchers umpire too? Is that him? Well, that's that's Syndergaard. Um, yeah. And he's also like really fairly priced. And it's also a slate where I want to pay up for bats. Like, why should you not like him tonight I, outside of the ownership? Yeah, it's, it's a Marlins thing. I mean, they're just not going to score runs. You said it much more succinctly than I did. <laughs> just, just Marlins, lock them in. Play, get yourself some, uh, some disco. Uh, all right, scrolling down, knocking on a few more questions. Uh, yeah, am I getting a bonus? Uh, yeah, I, I guess I've said disco one too many times, so we'll start saying disco funny. There because you go. it's easy to mispronounce his name, so I like the nickname. 
Well, when he played for the Marlins those years ago, that was his nickname by the team. That, that, that's why I, and that's something I remember in my head. So that's why I call him that. So there you go. Um, give me, give me the player or a team that you're like afraid of being underweight on tonight. Because I mean, just because you can't roster everybody, obviously you can't be overweight on Boston, not be underweight in somebody else. So who's a, who's a player? Uh, what's the team where you're a little bit concerned about? Probably Minnesota. I mean, I think Minnesota has just got that power potential because I'm probably going to be on Boston. Um, that's good. You know, it's going to uh, take me off Minnesota to some extent. And I, I just think, uh, you know, Detweiler is a guy that can, that can just lose it. Um, and, you know, the, I think Nelly Cruz, you know, it's going to be one of my picks for a dong. So. What do you do with those Minnesota lefties that aren't like necessarily great against lefties, but they're still good hitters. And we don't know how long Detweiler is going to stick around. Um, like, if yeah. You were, yeah. So that's a good tournament, good tournament theory, right? Of if your guys keep hitting home runs, eventually that left-handed pitcher is coming out, coming out of the game, uh, and then suddenly there is no longer a you know platoon disadvantage. Like if you're if you're looking at like Eddie Rosario or something, I mean, especially for tournaments, he's probably going to go you know minusculely owned, um, but he's got as much power potential once they get to the bullpen. Yeah, that's a question in chat. Kepler or Rosario? And this is one of those that's kind of weird where I, I think I prefer Kepler to Rosario, despite the fact he's you know behind him in the lineup, just because Detweiler probably doesn't see Kepler three times. He may see Rosario three times. So that could be the point where he comes out of the game against Sano. I don't Could know. be. The yeah, the four and six position. I think uh, Rosario is coming off a little bit of an injury as well. Uh, so that's another reason to kind of like Kepler. Yeah, that's a good point. I think he's dealing with a bit of a knee. Uh, for tournaments, can I fade cores and stack Cleveland? Yeah, we, we didn't mention Santana, but for sure you can play Santana. That Cleveland lineup doesn't look nearly as good without Jose Ramirez for me. But, you know, Puig, you know, Reyes is plenty of pop, obviously. Uh, what's your thoughts as far as Cleveland overall? So Cleveland's up there in terms of a, a non-core stack. And, I, you know, hey, fading cores is always a possibility, just that you've got the Peter Lambert effect as well tonight. And, it, you know, and the Red Sox are a good offense. You know, this is not the Marlins traveling to Coors. Um, so, yeah, you can always fade Coors. It's just not something I'm going to do tonight. Got to step aside, John. Good sh- uh, good first show. I'm sure the people out there appreciate it. Uh, give me a – finish strong. Give me a, something you want to reiterate, maybe something we haven't uh, brought up just yet as far as this show. Uh, you know, give me a point that uh, you want to make sure to, to, to bring a carry home to the people and let them know uh, as far as your thought on this slate. Yeah, you know, just I, I think it's a great night to stack some of the some of the more potent offenses on the slate. I, I think it's uh, you know we got a lot of games on the slate. Um, I think yeah, 13, 13 games, like you know twenty six teams and or no, sorry, eleven games uh, on the slate. So uh, twenty two teams in play. Someone's gonna go off. So it's a it's a good night for stacking. He's Squirrel Patrol, aka John. Uh, I'm Dean. I don't know where Pepsi is. Stay tuned for crunch time. We're out of here. Enjoy your baseball. Holler. Yeah.